Let me start with a trivia question that relates to what we're going to study today. Uh, but before the question, first the background. Since the Great Depression, there have been 22 presidential elections in the United States. Uh, now here's the trivia question. Out of these 22 presidential elections, where there was a difference of more than an inch, how many times has the shorter presidential candidate won the election? Uh, let's test your guessing ability. If you're listening with uh, somebody near you, throw out your guest. Uh, if you're listening alone, do it anyway. Um, so out of 22 presidential elections, how many times did the shorter candidate win? Here's the correct answer. Out of the 22 U.S. presidential elections since the Great Depression, the shorter candidate has won twice. In 1976, when Jimmy Carter beat Gerald Ford, and in 2004, when George W. Bush beat John Kerry. I think this is interesting. Not only is this interesting, but I think this trivia is directly related to what God teaches through an important story in the Old Testament. The story involves the choosing of a king over God's people. The background is that Israel had a king named Saul, but uh, the Bible explains that Saul was not so much God's choice for king as the people's choice. And according to scripture, the only quality Saul had to commend him as king over the people was, yeah, you guessed it, <laughs> he was the tallest guy in the whole nation. The Bible says that Saul was a head taller than everyone else. Saul was tall on the outside, but he was kind of messed up on the inside, and he ended up being a disaster of a king. And in the midst of this disaster, God spoke to his messenger, a prophet named Samuel. And God said, Now I am going to choose. I will choose a king for my people. And so God sent Samuel to Bethlehem to a man named Jesse who had eight sons. And God told Samuel, Sam, uh, when you get there, I'll tell you which of Jesse's eight sons I am choosing to be king over my people. So Samuel arrives and sees the oldest of Jesse's eight sons. And Samuel says to himself, Ooh, this guy Eliab must certainly be God's choice for king. Just look at him. He is good looking and he's tall. And this is when God says something to Samuel. Uh, what God says was extremely important for Samuel and it's extremely important for me and for you. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, we're told this. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider Eliab's appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. So after this, uh, Samuel looks at each of Jesse's sons, who all look terrific on the outside, but for each son, God says, nope, 
No thanks. No way. Not a chance. Nobody. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, Jesse says, hey, that's it. You didn't choose any of my sons. But then Samuel says, well, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, where's son number eight? And Jesse says, oh, number eight is just a kid. He's young. He's short. Uh, he's nothing special. He's tending the flocks. And so Samuel says, go get him. And a few moments later, in walks a young guy named David. And God shouts into Samuel's ear, this is my choice. I choose David. Because when it comes to who I choose to bless, when it comes to whom I choose to anoint, when it comes to whom I choose to lift up and use for my glory, I measure the heart. And so in this great Old Testament story, we learn three very important lessons. Um, Lesson number one is that God chooses certain people to bless extraordinarily. God chooses. From cover to cover, the Bible teaches that God chooses people. God looks at individuals. God chooses individuals. God chose Abraham. God chose David in Bethlehem. And then again in Bethlehem, God chose a woman named Mary to give birth to God in the flesh. And when this Savior grew up, this Jesus chose Peter and John and James. God chooses certain people to bless, to lift up, and to use in extraordinary ways. That's one important lesson. The second important lesson is that God does not choose according to external measurements. Again, cover to cover, the Bible shows how God chooses people who are not impressive from outward appearances. Just like God chose Jesse's forgotten king, a forgotten kid, David, Jesus chose men and women who were nobodies in their day. They were unimpressive. They were little people. They had nothing to commend them externally, but 2,000 years later, we're still talking about Peter, James, and John because through Jesus, they changed the world. All right, so that's two important lessons. Here's number three. Three, God chooses who to bless by measuring hearts. So not only does God not choose according to external measurements, God chooses who to bless by measuring hearts hearts. God reveals in scripture that when he chooses to bless a person, he does it on the basis of a heart measurement. Uh, To measure up in human estimation, you need to look right, talk right, know the right people. And apparently it also helps to be tall. Uh, But to catch God's eye, however, it's a much different story. God doesn't look on the outside God looks at the heart of a person. Scripture not only tells us that God looks on the heart, the Bible also tells us what God is looking for when he measures my heart. So let's study what Jesus teaches about this. Let's study what Jesus teaches about how God measures my heart. First, Jesus taught that people measure me on the outside 
by how much I'm liked. God measures me on the inside by how much I love. People measure me by how much I'm liked. God measures me, measures me on the inside by how much I love. In Luke chapter 6, uh, Jesus says, Beware when everybody speaks well of you. And Jesus said this to teach that you know, in the world, the only people who are liked by everyone all the time are those who are pleasing people uh, over and above pleasing God. Jesus taught that the way God measures a person is not by how much that person is liked, but by how much that person loves, loves God first, and then loves other people second. Jesus summarizes this as, you know, his two greatest commandments. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus says, here are my two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus says that God measures my heart not by how much love I get from others, but by how much love I give to others. But also notice that Jesus says, love God with all your heart. Quantity word, uh, all your heart. This indicates that one way God measures my heart is by measuring quantity. God measures how much of my heart is devoted to loving him and loving others. When God measures my heart, he knows how much of my heart is devoted to sacrificing Myself, my comfort, my convenience, my time in order to love God and love others. And God knows how much of my heart is really devoted to pleasing myself and manipulating others into liking me and doing what I want them to do. So that's number one. Uh, second, Jesus teaches that people measure me on the outside by how much I succeed. God measures me on the inside by how much I serve. People measure my outward titles, degrees, status, success. People measure me by how far I climb up a ladder in my career. People measure by how many people I have under me. Jesus teaches something very different when it comes to God, that God measures me much differently. And, and Jesus says this in Luke 22. The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves a success. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. Notice that Jesus says that the greatest among you is one who serves. Uh, this, this word greatest indicates quality. Uh, that when God measures my heart, he is also measuring the quality of my heart. So God determines whether or not my heart is great in quality. Uh, God measures my heart in quantity, uh, whether or not he has all of my heart. But God also measures the quality of my heart and whether I am truly great, whether I am a success in his eyes. 
So whereas people measure success in terms of drawing more and more attention to myself, God measures heart greatness in terms of my paying attention to the needs of other people. People measure success in terms of getting ahead. God measures the greatness of my heart by my ability to unselfishly put others ahead of me. All right, one more lesson. One more lesson that Jesus taught about how God measures my heart. Third, Jesus taught that people measure me on the outside by how much I have. God measures me on the inside by how much I give. People measure me by what I have, how much real estate I own, how many cars I drive, what kind, how many possessions I can buy, how much money I have stored away. And God's not anti-money. He's not anti-possessions. But Jesus teaches over and over that God measures my heart not by what I have, but how I give. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So here we see, uh, a third of the three ways that God measures my heart. Uh, first, we saw God measures my heart for quantity, measuring how much of my heart is devoted to loving God and loving others. Uh, next, God measures my heart for quality, measuring how great is my heart through unselfish serving. Now, finally, God measures my heart for locality, measuring how close is my heart to heaven as measured by my giving. Jesus says that my heart is located where my treasure is. That is, God measures the locality of my heart, and one way God measures whether my heart is with him or somewhere else is by measuring the way I give my treasure. God measures by treasures. The idea that God measures my heart by the way I give my treasure is a teaching that runs from the beginning to the end of the Bible. Genesis chapter 4. We're introduced to Cain and Abel, uh, the adult sons of Adam and Eve. And God told Cain and Abel, show your heart toward me by bringing me an offering in worship. And so they did. And God measured their hearts by it. God measured Abel's heart by the generous gift he gave, and God measured Cain's heart by the inadequate gift he gave. And then page further in Scripture, and you find God teaching his Old Testament people to worship him by bringing a tithe. A tithe just means a tenth. And God instructed his people to bring a tenth of their income to him as an act of worship. And God used the tithe as a way to measure their hearts. Uh, in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, Jesus upholds this practice of tithing for his followers. And in fact, Jesus implies that tithing is a basic, you know, it's entry-level uh, practice when it comes to a God-honoring life and God-honoring stewardship. And so, here at BlackRock, we join every generation of God's people and Bible-teaching churches down through the ages by teaching the practice of tithing as a 
a minimum, giving 10% of our income to God's work in the church. And according to God, this issue of giving to God's work is one of the ways that God measures my heart. But keep in mind, it's just one way. Here's what Jesus teaches about how God measures my heart. God measures the quantity of my heart by asking if all my heart is devoted to loving God and loving people. God measures the quality of my heart by asking if my heart is great due to a commitment to a success defined by serving others. And God measures the locality of my heart by asking if my heart is close to heaven by determining the eagerness of my heart for giving to God's work. I don't know how you feel about your outside and how you look uh, or how tall you are. Uh, On the outside, do you think you're pretty good looking? Uh, Pretty? Tall? Dark and handsome? Nothing wrong with that. But just keep in mind that it does not matter at all to God how you look on the outside. Outward appearances mean a lot to people, but it means nothing to God. What matters to God is my heart. And today, God wants you to measure your heart. Because He is 